You've tuned in to a four-headed sausage production. Don't touch that dial. Stay tuned in because your favorite program is coming up next. In the beginning, there was one man, and his name was Stephon Taylor, and he hosts the My Mind podcast, which you are listening to right now. So let's go ahead and start the show, because in the beginning, in the in the in the in the beginning. Stephen Taylor and welcome back to another another awesome and incredible edition of the My Mind podcast. This is episode 49, I think. So we're getting closer and closer to episode 50, which is quite quite exciting actually. Um I'm very I'm very nervous to get to 50 because I think I said uh, not last week the week before that we're going to start naming the I might just name I'll name number 50. And we'll go from there, I reckon. We'll just start, we'll start that from there because then it can be like, in, in 50 episodes time, it'll always be, you know, we'll just remember that it was always, he was always numbering them, you know, and it's a good way to keep track. Just put it in the title, you know, um, but you hear on, this is, if you're new to the show, then this show is all about, um, it's a variety show, you know, it's got a bit of everything for everybody, you know, there's a bit of like movie trivia and there's a bit of not necessarily trivia just facts that you wouldn't know about a film and you've got my view on it which is pretty cool pretty good you know yeah for the people that do know me they know that i am um i don't necessarily care for walks on the beach <laughs> i know that's like a common thing that people are into but i'm don't i'm not really bothered either way if you can hear uh in the background it actually is raining um so you might hear a bit of rain. I'll try to edit it out, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, but what also is in this show is a lot of gaming news and a lot of gaming-related content related to well, the new Xbox games that are coming out. Uh, my brother comes on from time to time. And we talk uh, a lot about gaming. Um, well, we also do uh, some special Sopranos episodes. You know, If you're into the Sopranos, there's a lot of like TV show stuff in here for guys as well. There's, um, and there's hospitality stuff. So if you don't know a little bit about me is that I've spent like 10 years in the hospitality industry, uh, mainly serving people, <laughs> you know, cause I'm in the service industry and we live to serve. That's just the way it is. And that's, that's about the summary of it. I've, I've lived quite a life. Uh, I would say I shouldn't get too reflective cause it's 49. That's not 50, but you know. Just if you're new here, that's what this show's about. It's a like a variety hour. It's like the Johnny, um, it's like the Johnny Cash show in, in the seventies. You know, there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There's like special appearances from people that were important in my life. You know, similar to uh, John's life or Jr's life. You know, whatever you want to say. I've actually, um, I've I've just recently got uh, um, an Xbox Series X and. If you would all like to hear how it's all going, it's going really well. There's a couple of features that I'm really, I really like, which is uh, one feature. It's called Quick Resume, and so it boasts 
if you've if if you've read the brochure <laughs> or the internet specs of it, it's got like ten teraflops of data processing speed, whatever that translates to. I think it's like a car that goes zero to sixty in under four seconds. <laughs> you know, or that's sixty miles per hour, because that would be a hundred kilometers, right? Yeah, it would be a really fast car. It's like the the Lamborghini Aventador or Huracan, whatever. You know, it's a fast car or, you know, one of the McLarens, whatever. It's like, it's the top of the line car. And another cool feature about it is that it's really quiet. I'm amazed at something so powerful and so quiet because we used to have a computer back in the day. Back in the day, you know, computers are so common these days that it's rare to think of a time where there were just no computers. (laughs) Like it wasn't like super common for every household to have a computer. Back when I was growing up, uh, we didn't get a computer till I was maybe 14. I want to say like 13, maybe 14 and maybe 12, maybe 12. And, you know, we're never wanting one. Uh, we, we only got a DVD player around the same time. <laughs> that's how like long ago it was. It feels like so so long ago. Like that's how fast like technology is like, you know, taking a hold and taking over. I mean, I never envisioned that in my lifetime I would own two. And I'm not gloating at all. This is just the reality. I never thought I'd own like two 65-inch TVs. Like when you grow up and your TV that you know you use with your your friend or your brother is only like 20 centimeters diagonally across like wide or like 23 centimeters and you had to like manually tune it through like there was like a yellow and green like little turny thing at the bottom of the channels and it would like open up it was basically a box and this thing was heavier than like most children (laughs) it was huge huge it was a big boy, right? It was a big boy in a little package because it was huge. And you had to like turn the little tuning things. And anyone like older than me knows what I'm talking about. Anyone like a couple of years younger than me might know what I'm talking about. But if there's people out there that listen to this that are about 18, 20, you've got no idea what I'm on about. <laughs> and that's okay. But you've got to understand like the evolution of the t- technology that you're trying to use every day. Like, there's no point using your snappy-chappy filters or whatever, and you, you don't even understand, like, what the first camera was like, you know? Like, the, the, the first cameras didn't have a flash. <laughs> there, was a, there was a soul, there was a separate entity that produced a flash to create lighting if there was, like, no lighting. Because these cameras, you know, I don't know enough about cameras to really say anything, but, yeah. Anyway, um, I think... Uh, I'm really impressed with this. I hope this is a console that I can have for the next like three or four years, similar to how the Xbox One and the 360 were. Um, you could just have them for a while and they would like keep up. Uh, it scares me that it won't keep up because, you know, with anything, anything technology related, there's a price tag that comes with it. And of course, like greed is absolute. Greed is, um, everything's money motivated. You can really hear the rain coming down, can't you? I'll try and, like, reduce it in the recording, but I can't not. So, like, 
when this episode was, um, I was meant to record yesterday, but through unforeseen circumstances, I couldn't record because, you know, I'm, I'm a dad and a husband as well. You know, I've got like, st- I've got stuff to do, right? And I just, I just couldn't get away to, um, get that hour or that two hours to really put a solid recording in because I want to give you guys my fans or not even fans. I won't say fans, the, the, the listeners, the people that listen to this show. I really want you guys to get a full experience and like get me with a hundred percent of my attention because ideally this is, you know, I like doing this. This is a uh, good, um, if you listen to my early stuff, which you can go check out at uh, anywhere podcasts are available. Um, I've like, I use this as kind of my therapy. You know, this is me. What I'm talking about here is a conversation I would have not recorded, you know, like I'm not necessarily talking to anybody, anybody. I'm, I'm talking to me really. I'm just like talking to me about things. And I know that sounds like really self-centered and quite like, self um self-involved but you know it's called my mind <laughs> with the step and tell you guys just get to like it's like having a chef's table have you ever been to like a chef's table where like i know you're like thinking oh it's a, the show on netflix yes I've, i'm very well versed in chef's table Stephen. please don't remind me of the critically acclaimed chef's table show well i'm not talking about the show i'm talking I'm talking about an actual table that the chefs allowed you to sit into a kitchen. I worked at one place that had a chef's table and it was, um, I wasn't too impressed, you know, like it wasn't great. There's actually a really cool like pasta, pasta joint in uh, Melbourne in Australia, Uh, Melbourne. No, it's Melbourne. (laughs) Um, and, and they had, like, a cool, like, chef's table, eh? It was, like, this picnic table out the back. They were, like, you know, serving your wine and, you know, you're having, like, a bit of conversation with them. And then all they did was, like, pasta. And, you know, they handed it to you straight away there and it was pretty cool. It was awesome. Um, that's a good experience at a chef's table, eh? You know, like, there's somewhere it's, like, super pretentious. The idea of a chef's table is there's a table in the kitchen, in back of house, and so the customer can get an insight into like what, um, what's kind of going on, see the behind the scenes of what a kitchen's really like. I mean, you can go, generally you can, these days especially, you can just kind of, you just kind of see it like with the uh, Gordon Ramsay's, I'm not hating either, uh, the Gordon Ramsay like Kitchen Nightmares and the, the Master Chef series and stuff like that. You kind of get a glimpse into what um what it what it kind of is but what what they show you on television is either a kind of glorified version or a too real version like there's some that are like so ultra realistic that yeah it's it's not it's not a good look like a lot a lot of kitchens are normal I will say a lot of the conversations in kitchens aren't normal, but a lot of the kind of, uh, we're just normal people in hospitality. We're normal people with extraordinary, um, and no, an extraordinary, an extraordinary or a, 
yeah, well, we've just got this very weird outlook on life that only people in hospitality can more or less understand because it's where, you know, you make diamonds through pressure and that's what kitchens are. You either come out of diamond or you come out of coal, which is, um, you know, that, that's what happens. You'll either get so shiny and go on and become this great brilliant diamond and go on to better and brighter things with your ultra diamond status or you'll end up burnt out and left as a stain upon the 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 ozone layer which is um you know you're just as common as the the stains some workplaces choose to paint over on the roof (laughs) or you know like I said, you come out of diamond. Uh, in, in most cases, I, f- I feel like a lot of people just they thrive and they get up, they get up, they get up and about, and they move on, move forward, and they come out bigger and brighter people. Whether they come out um, wanting to do something else it, related to hospitality, or they they come out wanting like a whole new trade, like a lot of a lot of younger guys that. Um, I, I was training or had a hand in training like uh, a lot of them stepped out of the kitchen because of the hours and the demands and you know it's it's hard for people to see that you know in, in kitchens you need to you need to put the crew first you need to put the fit because that's your that's your family you know like a, a, a lot of crews uh, consists of you know it can be like two people to you know, 10 people in, in one kitchen, in one workplace, there could be 55, 60 chefs, you know what I mean? But they're, they're not a part of the crew that you're running with, you know, every, every night. And, you know, I, I think if you listen to last week's episode with my, um, my chef, James Kurgan, shout out James Kurgan, <laughs> legend, uh, he, he said it best, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like a pirate ship. It's just lawless. It's just crazy. But, you all represent this strange code of honor and brotherhood and you share that between, you know, your all sisterhood, you know, because they're, they're, there are women chefs. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you share this brotherhood, you have this band that's inseparable, you know, and you all need to get along. There's no, there, no matter what happens in the kitchens, at the end of the day, Come next week, you still have to spend forty to fifty hours with that person, <laughs> whether you got along with them last week or you didn't. You know, like the only way in the only way forward in kitchens is getting along. Like if you choose to hate people and you choose to be malicious and you choose to be a spiteful person, like uh, being in kitchens just not for you. Like go go start like a girls group or something. <laughs> not a girls group. I shouldn't say that because that's. That's gender inclusive uh, exclusivity. You know, you could start like a little boy group or whatever. You know, you could do whatever you want. Start like a, a daisy chain circle, spreading rumors, man. Hey, like that's where you belong. You don't belong in a kitchen because at the end of the day, you all need to work together. You know? And that's my big advice for any young chef or budding apprentice. Like, listen to this: is that just just stick together you'll be okay and it, it can mainly be said for all of life really i mean that's what you should kind of model yourself after is the um 
the David Attenborough effect, <laughs> which is if you don't know who David Attenborough is, well known like wildlife photographer, and all he says is, "Look after the planet, and they'll look after you, and look after each other, and we'll all be okay." Which sounds like really preachy and like pro peace, but even people that don't like peace are pro peace because they're fighting they're fighting an anarchist war to fight for peace, even though they're so blinded by whatever metaphorical violence or actual violence, they still um <laughs> you're still fighting for peace in some respects, eh? And, you know, not to get too like cynical. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a crazy world out there. But look, going back to what I was talking about is the Series X is is pretty cool. It's awesome. It's, um, like I said, it's got this quick resume thing, which allows you to jump from game to game to game to game. I think at the moment I've got like four games like on the go, which is great because I can just go from, you know, playing Cyberpunk or I can just switch it straight back to like Mass Effect or um, even like the new Assassins. So like, yeah, it's really good. It's really cool that, um, yeah, there's like very limited loading loading times and like the only like real loading times are on older games so games that aren't optimized because that's the thing with like when you're like changing consoles is that the games that are coming out now are going to be like they're still going to make xbox one games and xbox games sorry it's walked away from the mic a little bit they're still going to make like those games but they're going to optimize them to be able so you're able to play them on um the series x and the series s which is i think i've spoken about it before like xbox marketing really didn't nail the names <laughs> like it just creates so much ah, it's so annoying it, you know like it the the xbox series x it just it it, it does feel like the next console like with the the one x and the one s the Xbox One S and the One X, they were all like 0.5 versions, you know what I mean? Like they were all just like add-ons of the, the Xbox One. But, the, but this time it, it feels like, yeah, they've moved on and this is like, this is the future. This is like the, the future of Xbox. And it's, yeah, it's sleek, it's awesome. Like it's smaller. If you have it standing up, it's, I, I think it's smaller than the actual, um, than the old ones. And it's like, just as like it's more powerful i think it's boasting the 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 most powerful console on the market which we'll wait for steam's console to come out and we'll see what happens um but yeah i think like a console like a handheld console that doesn't get like it gets a good rap but it definitely needs to be spoken about a little bit more is the um hang on i'm just gonna turn this down two seconds is um the nintendo switch and that is, that's a solid little, little console. Sorry, this cable, I have, I, I've just, I'm trying a new setup and I'll, I'll put it on my um, stories when I'm editing the show, is I've, I've opted to have my microphone off the ground. So to have it off the ground, the, um, the, the headphone jack is like in the air now. So it's like coming from the bottom of the microphone and protruding down and it's hitting like my screen thing. So it keeps making that tapping noise, which, um, you know, if you hear it, I'm very sorry. If you don't hear it, don't worry about it. 
because I'm going to try and like edit it out and soften it up a little bit so it doesn't come out. But we'll see what happens. Um, but but going off of um, all this gaming stuff, there's um, there's a lot coming out and there's a lot of things I'm starting to get excited for. Like uh, my friends and I, we all started playing Battlefield Five again. Like we all played it. Um, just we didn't play it together. I don't think like we all played it kind of at separate times, like either the stories or um, either the story or a little bit of online. But now we're like, uh, last night we played like a four man crew like online, and it was oh, it was tasty, man. Eh? <laughs> it was cool. I'm like, I I, I usually opt for um, like an assault class or like a run and gun kind of package, but Battlefield, it's just so, it just doesn't want you to play like that. <laughs> like it wants you to have these long range and tactful engagements. So you can like choose to like run and gun, but you don't get a lot of longevity out of, out of your character. And because like the spawns take longer, it's not instant, like in Call of Duty. And you compare and like, as much as people, you know, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but as much as people compare like Call of Duty and Battlefield to be like the same kind of brand of SPF, F, FPS, it's it's wrong to do so. Like you could you can't you can't really compare the two. It's like, you know, comparing horse racing and car racing. Like, yeah, they're both they both race, but you know, they're different the different versions of it. Like Battlefield B- Battlefield's version of and you know, they both obviously they, they not obviously, but they they borrow things from each other, which is prevalent in most games. Like a lot of RPG role playing games are all derived from the the Final Fantasy um, kind of games, and the the story and sandbox games they're all derived from Grand Theft Auto to a point. You know what I mean? Like they're still, you know, we're still learning to create like independent ideas, and um. But with with Battlefield, uh, it's it's incomparable to Call of Duty. How, um, and Call of Duty is incomparable to Battlefield. Like they're just two. One's fast paced, and one's a slow burn. And at this point in my life, I think I'm more interested in a slow burn than I am a fast paced heart attack shooter. Like I want something that's intense. But it's intense because I like want to live longer. <laughs> you know, it makes it really does a good job of capturing, uh, like capturing what like a, a war zone would be. Obviously, they're two separate things, and I can't speak to it because I, I never enlisted. I'm not enlisted. I'm not a weekend like army reserve guy or anything like that. Like I played paintball. You know, like, I did laser tag. I I play a lot of war games and I've watched, like, a lot of war movies and a lot of war documentaries. So, like, I'm no expert and I can't say to... I can't say what a real war zone is. And I'm not trying to say that either. I'm just saying that as far as a game goes, they've done a good job of depicting what it could be like. It's like watching a kind of... How would you say? You know like a like a civil war reenactment that they have in america and that like that's 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 the vibes you know like you know these people aren't gonna die you're just experiencing like that piece of history and you're experiencing the 
the the highs and lows of the of the of the battle, so to speak, which is um, yeah, it's a cool thing. Prop, props to Battlefield, but yeah, like I said, they're they're incomparable games because it you know there's so many like pros and cons to Call of Duty, and one one of the biggest ones for me at the moment is that it just doesn't feel like they care anymore. Like it just feels like this really soulless game. Like it just feels like they're doing everything they can to like cash in on trends and be kind of valid <laughs> in a way. Like it, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of heart left in it. Like they've maybe heart's the wrong word. They've just got no soul left. eh? Like it just feels like they're, just going through the motions like there's it's hard it's hard because they're one of the biggest kind of franchise marquee games that have been around since the kind of early 2000s and that have always brought out games every couple of years like the only other one i can probably think of is uh kind of assassin's creed or like the fifas and stuff like that like those games have been around for so long that it's hard it's hard to recapture that lightning in a can that was, you know. So I understand it. And Battlefield's the same. Battlefield's been around as long as Call of Duty, if not a little bit earlier, because they had like the kind of PC dominant market with Battlefield 1943. I think it was. Or might have been 1942. Whatever the. Yeah, anyway. And that was. That was wild. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, they, I don't know, they just took, they just did what they thought, they just stuck to their guns, like, they're, they're starting to add in things now that Call of Duty has, um, as far as, like, the, um, like, play skins and stuff like that, like, cosmetic stuff, which I never really cared for, I don't know why Call of Duty made me care for it, <laughs> but I ended up caring about like what my character looked like even though it's it doesn't do anything it doesn't like make you better at the game or make you faster or whatever it just changes your clothes i change clothes in real life that's enough <laughs> i don't i don't want to do it in a video game anymore unless it's like um like a single player game where i can enjoy it <laughs> but just showing it's just like bragging rights isn't it you know sorry bit of indigestion i had a, a jam long john before went down a treat um a long john is a donut <laughs> it's like a long donut i guess it's like a lamington one which is really nice um yeah so yeah battle battlefield yeah it's really good <laughs> and oh, that that segue segues me into uh i'm excited for the new battlefield even though it's going to be online only i'm excited for that because of what they've done with battlefield 5 and battlefield uh battlefield 1 which was the one before it and excuse me hey and battlefield um battlefield 4 like that online was really good i had lots of fun with that online there was like a cool map that was kind of like this kind of dockyard and it was really cool yeah it was awesome it was like really like close quarters and yeah fast paced man eh? like i love fast paced first person shooters like that's i love like testing my reaction time i think that's why i liked call of duty so much 
because it always like got me to respond really quickly to imminent danger or whatever. But um, yeah, Battlefield, it doesn't operate that way, you know, because, you know, it's 32 versus 32. And now they're boasting um, 64, versus 50, 60, 64 versus 64 in the new Battlefield, which is massive. And it, it's interesting because if it was a Call of Duty game, you kind of see the advertisements everywhere, but I haven't really seen the Battlefield advertisements everywhere, which has been a little bit odd, but... I'm strangely okay with it because I think it's going to be a hit. I think it's going to be a bigger hit than Call of Duty Vanguard because that's the new Call of Duty game coming out. And that that's the Pacific War, that one. And I don't know. Like, Call of Duty always, like, they just recycle. Sorry, I got really close then. They just recycle, like, what they have. It's like, it's like Vanguard was, like, the expansion for Call of Duty World at War and, like, Call of Duty Cold War was like the expansion for Call of Duty Black Ops. Like, it just feels like, I don't know. It's weird. Even though, like, like Battlefield sometimes do it. But, you know, because they've been to World War Two and like that again. I don't know. It's hard. You can't, you just can't compare Battlefield and Call of Duty, eh? Like, it's, there's so many... I'm going in circles. I know. I know. I get it. I'm doing like a little bit of a circus circus. You know, I'm doing a bit of, you know, um, how would you say? I'm trying to come around here. Come around here, guy. <laughs> you know, don't look at me where you're talking to her. Come on, guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, let, let me get off it. Let, let me talk about something that um, I want to talk about. I want to talk about some movie stuff. And uh, we, we watched as a family uh, The Free Guy, the new uh, Ryan Reynolds movie. It's good. Yeah. I definitely thought it was going to be like a six underground kind of situation where it was going to have so many highs, but the lows were going to be so low and cringy and not good that you just hate the whole movie. Like the thing with like six underground was that it was great, cool concept, awesome. But then there was moments in it where it was like, this really is a Michael Bay picture, isn't it? <laughs> like the Mexican is so far out Mexican. The femme fatale is like over-sexualized and like as much as she's independent, she's dependent on a man. Like, uh, it's just such a Michael Bay film written all over it. And then of course the like protagonist is white. Ah, <laughs> uh, he just doesn't learn, man. He just doesn't learn. I'm not ragging on him because like, I'm not saying he's like, I am saying he's one dimensional actually, <laughs> but I'm not saying he's not culturally diverse. He just like feeds into stereotypes that are unnecessary. Like he just, that's, that's, that's just what he does. Eh? Like that's his thing. And he'll always, he'll always be like that. He never like, kind of, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He never kind of grows as a director as far as the style goes, like he always stays just, just flat, you know, like it's, there's a lot going on and there's a lot happening, but it's just, it's just flat. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any, any sense, you know, like the, there's no growth in his career. Like if you look at bad boys one and then you look at bad boys two, 
Okay. So they're two movies that came out maybe five or six years apart, I want to say. And then you look at um, Transformers. And they're identical films. <laughs> the only thing that changes is one's about robots and one's about cops. Like, everything in it is the same as... Like, okay, so there's... Um, the love-hate relationship between the kind of um, Martin Lawrence's character and Will Smith's character with the buddy cop. It's the same with uh, Shia LaBeouf and Bumblebee. Love-hate relationship. They both, yeah, 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 nicker, nicker. And then they turn out to be, you know, in Bad Boys, they're always the best friends. But that's what happens in Bumblebee. It's like the origin story. It's like Transformers is the prequel to Bad Boys 2. <laughs> <laughs> and like Will Smith or Martin Lawrence turns into <laughs> he stops becoming Bumblebee and turns into like Will Smith or Martin Lawrence <laughs> because like fundamentally they're the same right so in um with like T.A. Leone uh is that the girl in Bad, Bad Boys so T.A. Leone she's the oh I hate you but I love you What's Megan Fox? I hate you, but I love you. <laughs> you know? And, you know, they kind of... Symmetrically, they kind of look very, very similar. And the other similarity is that the bad guy in Bad Boys 1 is, like, the French the French dude who, like, steals all the money. And in Transformers, it's Michael Bay's version of a French man, which is a, an alien from another planet. <laughs> in his mind that's the that's the alien right so and they both they both peak at like the same kind of time right so like you know they have the love hate buddy cop relationship and then they end up working together and they're stronger together and they never fall apart and then there's like the team up at the end where they get like all the SWAT soldiers from like the other detectives and like same with transformers like optimus prime comes in he's like the captain from like bad boys and then he like you know rouses them gets them all in line and gets them all together and then they fight a common goal and then um at the end someone sacrifices himself in the you know it's um kind of optimus prime and shia labeouf and transformers and then it's martin lawrence sacrificing all of them to drive through the hole <laughs> in uh, front of him in the Porsche. Um, yeah, so Bad Boys Transformers might be the same movie. Well, according to, like, Michael Bay. Not according to, according to me. I'm judging from, like, Michael Bay's kind of filmography, you know. You can almost, you know, there's so many. He's just, it's, I don't know, it's just his same formula. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no... There's no other formula for, like, a Michael Bay movie. All you really need is, like, hardcore stereotypes. And and that's it. And that'll get you through. Lots of explosions, obviously. And just horrible story writing. Like, there's there's a scene in... Uh, I can't remember if he directed it, but it's in Transformers... Um, Transformers number... It's the one with Mark Wahlberg, Age of Extinction. And there's, like, a scene where... Mark Wahlberg's daughter is like dating this dude and the girl's like uh, underage she's like 17 or something 
and um the the boyfriend's like 22 or something and michael was like no this isn't right like you know there's something wrong here and then you know that in itself is like bad like movie writing and then the character (laughs) i don't know if he wrote this but it feels like a very like you know him kind of move and he like pulls out this slip in his wallet and then pulls out this like Romeo and Juliet law that clauses him to be able to hang out or like date like an underage girl as long as it's like consensual and like what's messed up about that is that for one the ho- that was like a premise in the movie an older man dating you know a, a 17 year old which is messed up and then what was more messed up was the dude knew the law to like explain it to people and then what's even more messed up is that he carried it around he carried the law around in his wallet so people could have visual proof (laughs) uh it's a strange it was so strange he's that was the 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 dumbest thing i've ever seen in a movie and i've watched a lot of cinema i actually plan on um watching a slew of like really bad movies um this this next couple of weeks um if, if you've ever heard of or oh, you've obviously heard of Liam Neeson have you heard of his movie Ice Road where Liam Neeson plays <laughs> plays the role of an ice road trucker <laughs> me and my friend uh we we're talking about it and we watched the trailer and like Liam Neeson carries the same look throughout the whole film like it's crazy like he just looks so it's like the exhausted sigh like <sighs> throughout the whole the whole movie he's like he's not carrying another expression i don't know if that like means anything to people who are like um who are ice road truckers <laughs> i don't know if that's like your demeanor like you have to be super kind of uh you know, sad, <laughs> sad esque, I suppose. Like it's uh, it, it's not good. It's strange. It's so bad. It is shocking, and I can't wait to watch it. I think it got like an IMDb score of like six out of ten or something like that. So it's not like the worst one, but it's yeah, it's gonna be one of those cold movies, man. And it's gonna be one of those movies that gets like an unnecessary sequel, similar to how like the Fast and the Furious. Like, the first one got the unnecessary sequel of Too Fast, Too Furious. Like, I know I always, I always come back to The Fast and the Furious, but you can't not because it's so, like, relevant in, like, popular culture. It's, um, yeah, it's mental. But, yeah, uh, I'm really excited to watch it. There's another, there's another couple I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch some foreign films as well because that's just awesome. I think I said last time, you know, if you can, like, get past the the one-inch subtitle barrier, you just open yourself up to so much good cinema. Like, it's it's so nice. It's the best. It's so good. And, um, yeah, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. There's this sick movie. Oh, I've talked about it before. There's this sick movie called Hard Boiled. It's a Chow Yun Fats in it, and John Chu directs it, and it's just got the most epic gun scenes. It's like a dozen diehards, like, stacked on each other. <laughs> like, it's just mental. There's one where it's like a shootout in a hospital and like the whole shootout, he's just carrying a baby. 
<laughs> he's like protecting this baby. And like in Chow Yun, because he's like the main character, in Chow Yun Fat's, Fat's head, it's like his character's head. Like the safest place for this baby is in my arms in the middle of a gunfight. <laughs> like, oh, it's mental. It's so good. It's like, it's the best thing that you'll see in a movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, ch- ch- changing gears a little bit. Uh, I, I can't, uh, on the, on the ice road, I can't wait. I can't wait to see, like, what the sequel brings, like, Ice Road to Hell and Back, <laughs> or something like that, like, yeah, it, it, it's Hell's Highway or something, I reckon that's what it would be, Ice Road, Hell's Highway, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be good, eh? I can't wait, I can't wait for the unnecessary sequels, and I can't wait for there to be, like, a not as famous Liam Neeson to play like his role because i don't think liam neeson signed on for like a trilogy deal of ice road like i think this is a one-off it it feels like one of those movies that he was like contractually obligated to do they said oh you can make like another taken movie but you gotta do ice road (laughs) and he's just been like putting the project off and it's coming up to like the the five-year clause where he like has to act on it now (laughs) he has to do it no matter what and um yeah i can't wait i'm so excited i can't wait for ice road i can't wait to watch that it's gonna be so so bad but i'm actually hoping that it gets like a little bit of cult status like um what was that nicholas cage movie that's horrible um drive angry you know like that's a bit of a cult movie it's trash but you know it's got like a little bit of cult status going on now yeah it makes it a lot better um yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. I can't wait. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll end it on Ice Road. <laughs> so now, you know, you can probably hear the music now. But this is it. This is the end. We only got like a shorter show today. Because I've had to mess around in the studio. Happy podcast day. I know this isn't going to come out on podcast day. I really wanted to release this on podcast day as well. And, um, you know, really bring it home. But it didn't really happen. Like, it just wasn't my, it was my day. But, you know, look, look, bigger and brighter things going forward now. Now I've just got to try and get this onto stuff, which I'll but as always, if you, if you enjoyed this episode and you, and you have been enjoying it and you like the show and you really want to see more, then, you know, you can't see more. You've just got to listen to it because it's an all-audio podcast at the moment, which, you know, we're working towards. We'll get there, but, you know, equipment's expensive. And if no one's paying you to do it, then everything becomes more expensive. <laughs> so, you know, that is what it is, though. But... Um, you know what I'd like to say is thank you all for listening if you have any queries or questions you can always go to mymindpodcast at gmail and send an email there remember we've got merch coming in the next uh, three or four weeks so hopefully I'll be able to get a shirt in the next week or so and show it off on the social media submit your sizes there as well like you know send them through and see what shape you make get it done and uh you know, you guys can, can pre-order some shirts, you know, ready for Christmas, even. 
This, we've only got one design. I haven't spoken to my friend Josh, who's on when this podcast comes out, it'll be his birthday. So Josh, if you listen to this, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, and he, he does uh, go follow him, J L V cool artist you know cool dude and uh, yeah he's uh, sorry not him um, you can also go to my Instagram which is my mind podcast which is M-Y-M-N-D-P-D-C-S-T you can go there and follow the journey there and check it out and have some have some fun on that that'd be cool right and you can also go to uh, where else could you go you could go to the Facebook the Facebook page which is my mind with and you can go there and check it out and have a gay old time there. I mean, gay old time, but happy time. Because I'm all timey like that. I like to say stuff like that. But this podcast is available everywhere. And it's exclusively available on Amazon. Amazon Music. Don't forget Jeff Bezos. He's given out three three month trials. Free three month trials on Amazon Music. Not You don't need a discount code, it's already free. Go and check it out, or you can um, go follow it on Spotify and subscribe and hit the notification bell. You can even do the notification bell. Maybe you can't. I think you can only put Spotify. I think that one's tricky. But go and leave a five-star review on iTunes. Or that always helps a lot, actually. I feel like I feel included. Happy to check. But this has been a really long outro, so thank you all for listening. And uh, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed doing this, and we'll speak soon.